Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today I am joined by my friend Stella Stephanopoulos. She hosts the Everyday Endorphins podcast and her focus is really wellness and mindfulness and, you know, feeling your best self and doing these little things every day to find joy and to, like she said, spark endorphins. And we'll hear more about that later, but I am very excited about this episode. We are focusing on intentional dating, which is something that I think a lot of us want to practice, but we don't really know how. And I think it's something that we would all benefit a lot from incorporating into our dating lives. And you know, intentional dating is a lot about focusing on how you feel and focusing on, do I like this person because there was that spark and this like weird attraction and, you know, I just was really excited about them and I'm dying to see them again? Or do you like this person because your values align and you see a future with them and you think they could be great partners? And, you know, asking yourself these questions to get those answers. And we talk a lot about staying present on the date and checking in with your feelings and how this person's making you feel. We talk a lot about, you know, forgiving yourself if your dating life isn't working out the way you wanted to and not being so hard on yourself if, you know, you really like someone and it didn't work out. Instead of listing all the things that we talk about, I'm going to get into the episode because Barkley is being a very bad boy. You guys, during this episode recording, we literally had to stop 20 times because he was barking. I'm going to be quiet now. I'm going to get into the episode. Let's do it. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They've helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And we are here in the episode, Stella Stephanopoulos. Welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. little background for everyone. Um, Stella and I connected probably about a year ago, though I think it was a little colder when it happened. So maybe a little less than a year ago. Um, and Stella, as I said, hosts the podcast Everyday Endorphins. And we met, you had me on the show. And like I feel like we just clicked so well. Yeah. It was like one of the easiest interviews that I've ever done. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Like some people that you interview make your life a bit harder because they don't give you a lot to work with or they just, the energy, it's hard to match that energy. But with you on my show, it was like, it was as if we had known each other for years. It was such easy conversation. I felt the same way. It was like a perfect first date, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> it was a perfect first podcast date. Now here we are on Seeing Other People. And Stella, I'm so excited to have you. I'd love if you could share a little bit about what you do and, and what your purpose is with Everyday Endorphins and all the other amazing things that you do. Yeah, totally. So Everyday Endorphins is a podcast on mental health and happiness and specifically finding things in life that bring you joy or endorphins. And as Al Woods once famously said, exercise gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy, and happy people don't kill other people. So you can ignore the last part, but really focusing on um, this idea that obviously exercise brings you endorphins, but so many other things in life bring you that sense of joy and happiness. And so what I'm trying to promote with my podcast is having a platform to educate people, entertain others around um, this concept of finding things in life that really like spark you and, and light you up. So I've been doing the show for about two years now, and 
I also host live events in New York that are all centered around some sort of like endorphin boosting activity and also a live podcast interview. So I don't know when this is going to be published, but I have an event coming up in September. Um, It's going to be a rooftop yoga class with Aloe Yoga. So there's the endorphin boosting activity yoga. And then we're also doing a live interview with Amina Taha, who's an Aloe instructor. So um, that's it's been really fun getting to do these live events and continuing to interview really interesting people and hear their stories around how they define health and wellness and happiness in their life. I have to say it is so impressive, the number of events you do and and how awesome they seem. I haven't been to one and that makes me really sad because every single time I'm like, oh my God, these look amazing. And I remember the first few, it was like, well, I can't leave my home because my dog will get us kicked out of the apartment. (laughs) And this one I have a wedding for, but, um, you guys like definitely check out these events. I'll share them on the story whenever um, Stella is doing them. But you guys are always asking where you can go meet people, and you know maybe you don't get a date out of it, but again, you you get some endorphins and you make some new friends, and it's always great to get out and do those things. So, Stella, before we get into all of the dating talk, I have to ask you, what brings you endorphins? <laughs> Um, that's a, a really good question. I always get asked it and I'm like, wait, why don't I have an answer for myself? Because normally I would just say yoga um, because it really is something that throughout my entire life, really since like middle school has – no, elementary school actually. I started practicing when I was like nine with my mom. Um, it, it is something that has always just brought me a sense of like calmness and relaxation, but something that's like kind of – a very particular answer is something that really makes me happy is when I can perfectly like rap or sing along to a song that I'm just really feeling. Like when I can, when I know every single lyric and I'm just like, don't even talk to me, like let me have my moment. It's like a very particular experience, but that is something that definitely brings me endorphins. I love that so much. And I completely relate to like rapping every single word of a song. I feel like I always do those TikTok challenges where people are doing it. I never post them, <laughs> but I just do it because I know that I can. But and, and knowing that I can isn't enough. I have to actually do it. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just it's like when you know every single lyric and it's just coming like so fast and you're just in the groove. It's it's such a special experience, in my opinion, especially when you're out and you're with friends and they turn around there and they're like, wait, you know the lyrics of this song? I like surprising people. <laughs> Same. I feel like there are some songs too that I just like Starships, Nicki Minaj, that will never not be the peak of my night <laughs> ever. It's like brings me back to Bat Mitzvah season, 2012, 2013. Yes. sacred time. Yes, exactly. Okay. So getting into the heart of the episode here, intentional dating is a topic that, you know, kind of combines what we both do and, you know, with health and wellness and, and relationships and dating. And I think it's something that a lot of people have heard about, And, you know, they want to practice it, but they don't really get it and don't really know how. And so I want to talk about that today. And I feel like, well, first of all, I'd love to hear what you think intentional dating means. Yeah, I think I think that intentional dating is really about being very, well, for lack of a better word, intentional, but rather like being very particular with who you choose to like surround yourself with in your romantic and dating life. So um, the way it's it's been kind of like described to me is, uh, or rather, you know, some advice that I've been given is 
instead of thinking, oh, does this person like me? Is this person interested in me? It's, do I like them? And I think that's like a really good tangible practice or mindset to adopt that falls under this umbrella of intentionally dating. Because when you ask yourself the question, do I actually like this person? You're thinking about, okay, like, do they share the same values as me? Do they have similar interests as me? After I spend time with them or after I talk to them, do I feel energized or do I feel depleted? And if you start to collect all this feedback, you can better you can be better informed and make decisions that are in more alignment with your own personal growth. And I think like relationships are like a vessel to that. Absolutely. And I love, you know, that example of instead of asking, do I like them? Ask instead of asking, do they like me? Ask, do I like them? And I think even, you know, beyond that, taking it to one step further, why do I like them? Because I remember there were so many people, not only did I like them, I obsessed over them. And I don't think I could name three reasons why now, but also in the moment. There was just something where I just wanted them and I wanted them to want me. And I wanted, you know, I painted this picture of what my life could look like with them after one or two or three dates. And I had the world's biggest crush on them, but I don't even think I knew why. Yeah, totally. I think I've I've had very similar experiences and I've also come to realize, and it's something I'm still learning and recognizing is how I think that everyone is kind of like a mirror onto yourself. So in like the relationship and dating world, I feel like every experience that I've had or that, you know, I'm not going to generalize. I'll say that every experience that I've had, I can now look back and, and recognize that the person that I've attracted into my life at that point of in time has been a reflection of kind of like myself and like the state of mind I was in then. So it was never necessarily like about that person. It was more about like how they impacted me and then maybe like certain insecurities I had in that time period that they were kind of like filling those gaps. And of course, these relationships or experiences all dissolved because they're those people weren't right for me. But when I look back on it and I think, okay, like what about this one person did I actually like? Sure, maybe they had some great qualities about them. And as a friend, like they're a great person, but it was never necessarily like what something in particular that I liked about them. It was really about how they made me feel in a certain moment. And, um, you know, I think there's something really interesting to be said there too. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious when it comes to that, you know, like you mentioned before being with people who like fill up your cup and make you feel good rather than making you feel depleted. Like what if you, you know, you do leave a date or every time you're you're with somebody in a romantic way, like you do feel that way and you do think you like them, but like you said, it's because they're filling that specific thing for you. So you can't necessarily differentiate like, oh, well, do I like them because like we're compatible and all of these things or do I like them just because I feel really good after being with them? That's a great question. And I think the answer, like it's hard to answer that because it's so dependent on the person, their previous relationship history, the, you know, the time in their life that they met that person. But I think in my own experience, something that I would tend to do is like overlook the red flags or like overlook the gut feeling because the immediate quick win, like the immediate gratification was that feeling of, oh, they make me feel good in this moment. And so I think it's really about recognizing the difference between feeling good 
in a moment, like feeling good immediately versus, and, and or like not confusing that with um, knowing that someone's actually good for you in the long term, like finding that difference yeah. between like delayed gratification versus like that immediate reward. And like a tangible practice for me was things I should have done in the past was like not overlook red flags or um, try to separate you know, the the desire for just wanting someone around versus it being like the actual right person for me. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. I have to give a quick shout out to Anchor. If you don't know about Anchor, it's Spotify's podcast platform, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free, and you know I love free. Second of all, their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast directly from your phone or computer. What could be easier than that? Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you want it played. You can also make money from your podcast, no matter how few downloads you get regularly. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hope you love today's episode. Definitely, and I think a good way to you know separate those things is to ask those specific questions. Like, do we share the same values? Do we have the same vision of where we want to be in five years? Do we, you know, want the same things in life? Do I understand like where they come from and do they understand where I come from? And like kind of asking those specific questions so that you can really figure out like, okay, it's one thing to like somebody and to like being with them, but it's another thing to actually be compatible when considering a long-term partnership. Yeah. And also another thing is to not convince yourself that there is that level of compatibility just so that person won't go or they won't like disappear from like your dating sphere or your relationship sphere. Like I've convinced myself that people were more compatible with me than they actually were just because I liked the idea of having them around in my life in that way. And that's not healthy. Oh my God. Yes. No, the idea of people is like the worst thing in the world. I wish we could block those, you know, brain cells that get hyped up about the idea of someone. Absolutely not. No. It's so yeah, bad. it's difficult. And so it's like how do you how do you learn to block that noise around the idea of someone fantasizing about, you know, the role that they fit in your life or the future you could have together? long-term or short-term, like how do you silence those thoughts and instead focus on what is like the reality? And I've had some tough love given to me by some close friends that in the moment I was not very receptive to, but when I look back on it, I'm really grateful that I've had friends in the past that are like, these are the facts. Like look and see about, or, or look and see 
you know, how this person is actually treating you or, you know, how they actually behave or the, the inconsistent, the inconsistencies rather in their behavior. Like those are signs. Those are the things that you should be using as evidence to inform your decision rather than, oh, but they did this and they did that. And back then they said this, like, we tend to make things very complex in our heads and I definitely fall victim to that. So something I'm trying to work on is being more uh, objective rather than subjective. It's so important, but it is one of the hardest things in the world to do. And I've been so guilty of it being like, oh, well, like defending somebody. I think that's one thing you need to look out for. Like once you start defending somebody's actions, that's when you're in bad territory. You know, like, oh, well, you guys, if like, I've had friends say to me, like, we don't like how he treats you. And I'm like, well, you don't see how he treats anyone. It's just us. Mm -hmm. Like, that is not okay. Somebody that you're with should treat you the same in a good way, the same good way all the time, no matter what the situation is. Um, I would love to know, you know, because I know you're a yoga teacher. So I know in the few yoga classes that I have taken, my biggest struggle is, you know, staying present and clearing out my head of all of that noise. And that's something you kind of just mentioned. And I think we all deal with in dating. So I'd love to know, you know, what advice you have beyond just staying with like focusing on the facts, like how do you stay maybe in the moment on a date or how do you stay intentional when, you know, maybe dating hasn't been going well and you're feeling really upset, but you want to still put your best foot forward. Yeah. Well, I think finding ways to stay present, the easiest way to to do that, I would say, is really limiting your like your phone, your devices, because that is the it, it's like a culprit for just dragging our attention to so many different places. And so when we're constantly like on our phones or or trying to respond to people, it, it absolutely like takes you away from the moment. So like if you're on a date, I would encourage you to not check your phone that often, unless it's going horribly and you need a way out. Then check your phone and figure out a plan to get yourself out of it. But to really like focus and be fully in the moment, limiting those distractions. And I think also another good tip is trying to keep an open mind. So oftentimes, like when someone's talking to you, you're not even really listening to that person. You're thinking about the next thing that you're going to say. So rather than focusing on how am I going to respond to what they're saying, if you want to impress them, or you just want to keep the conversation going, if you start to just listen and really pay attention to what they're saying, that may help ease some of those nerves and allow you to just be a bit more relaxed in the moment. Like you're signaling to your nervous system, hey, this is safe. Like you can chill out. And then you'll start to calm down. And, and in that moment, you can also feel more comfortable with that person. And I think that like it's like a social lubricant, like it facilitates like easier conversation. So, um, you know, reminding yourself that you don't want to focus on what you're going to say next, but rather really just listen and, and be open to hearing what that person has to offer and what they have to say. Totally. And back to what you first said, you know, like don't check your phone too much or I mean, hopefully not at all. But I think something that I've seen people do, you know, before having a big interview is actually turn their phone off an hour before or a half hour before so that you don't end up getting distracted. Like who knows what texts could come up that you accidentally see. I remember being on dates with people and 
going on Instagram in the bathroom and seeing a story from an ex. And then, you know, my entire vibe was thrown off. My whole mood was thrown off. I couldn't think about anything besides that Instagram story. And, you know, same for, you know, maybe you get a text from work during a date or right before a date that's really going to throw you off and distract you. And you want to be able to, you know, focus on being this version of yourself that you want this person to get to know and you want to be able to get to know them and hear what they have to say. So I think those are really great points. Totally. And I also think that practicing staying present, like being in the present moment, it's it's such a hard thing to do. And it's something I totally preach about on my podcast and just in my in my life, but it's something I still struggle with. And I think we all have issues with just being more in the present moment. And there are certain practices you can do, obviously like yoga, but there's other things you can do. Um, there's different types of meditations that can help you refocus in that that present moment, like counting five things you see, five things you smell, five things you hear. And and it's in those small like practices, I think you can begin to train your brain to actually be more focused in the moment. Um, and so I th- and I think when you're able to be fully present, it allows you to more easily detect green or red flags. Like if you're actually focused, then you can have a sense of clarity around the vibe that that person's emitting or what they're saying. If you know, also you you can you'll have that clarity to see how their responses actually make you feel internally. Like what kind of visceral reaction do you have from you know the energy that that person's emitting? And this is all just information. Um, And before I go on this tangent, one last thing I want to say about that is I think the reason that dating, but also just like meeting new people in general can be really stressful for others is because we tend to like get so wrapped up in our heads, like, oh my God, I'm going to say the wrong thing or, oh my God, like I'm going on this date and I have this expectation that this is going to be my boyfriend or I have to like this person. And when we assign like weight to these pieces of information that we're receiving, it then can kind of like distort the decisions that we make. So rather than being so, uh, you know, wrapped up in this is good, this is bad, rather just go into that date with an open mind and recognize like this is just information I'm receiving and I can choose whether or not I want to assign this as something that like I will take with me and it will be positive in my dating life or this is something that like doesn't serve me and I, I don't actually want to see this person again. So I think it's it's a helpful practice to like detach our emotion from what is. Absolutely. I'm like sitting here laughing to myself about – at myself really about what you just said with like whatever you might be focusing on before the date like or before meeting people because I get so wrapped up in how I look or like, oh, I don't think this shirt is flattering on me or, you know, these pants like don't look good or they don't fit the way I thought they did. And like, I mean, Jake calls me out on this all the time where I will spend 45 minutes trying to find an outfit and I will try on 25 outfits. And he's like, they all look like just as good as the other. I'm like, I I can't wear anything. Like I'm hideous. Like this is horrible. This is so unflattering. Like I'm, I can't be seen today. And then like, I'll get to the place and it's like everybody else is focused on themselves. Like we're all so wrapped up in what's going on in our heads that like nobody would notice if I had a stain on my shirt. And guess what? If I had a stain on my shirt, nobody would care. (laughs) And I would have just spent two hours freaking out about it. Yeah, exactly. Like we're so, also we're so hypercritical, like or overly critical of ourselves. So I would, I think that so many people feel that the same way or at least can relate to what you're describing. I know I've definitely 
you know, I've had experiences where I haven't left the house and I'm like, I literally have nothing to wear. Like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. Yeah. Um, but also like, if you think about it, if you're going on a first date and you want to make a good impression, like you want to feel good in yourself, you want to exude confidence. So choose whatever you feel good in. And the other person's not going to think like, oh, well, she had this other option. And so like, why did she go with this one? They don't know what the other options are. So you just pull up as what, you know, the way you want to present yourself and like, that's the way they'll see you. So um, maybe that could be like a helpful tip. The other person doesn't know the 30 other outfits that you tried on. They only know what they're, they're seeing you in. Exactly. They have no idea what you just went through and what your bedroom now looks like with clothing everywhere. <laughs> I think another, you know, important point to make is that people, and, and I see this all the time with friends and listeners, they get so worked up about like one thing they said, oh my God, like I shouldn't have said that on the date. Do you think that's why I haven't heard from them? Or maybe because I texted them this, like it's all over and it's all doomed. And what I try and really remind people is like, listen, nine out of 10 times, the one thing you said is not going to be the deal breaker. And if it is, then you said it and it's a part of you and who you are and what you value. And you and that person are not going to be compatible because of it. And that's okay. And, you know, let's say you brought up that you can't wait to have like five kids on a first date with somebody and they don't want kids at all on a first date. Like, great, that you should not be continuing to see each other. So it's not because you said that it's because your values are not the same. Mm -hmm. And if somebody, you know, let's say it's a more superficial thing than that. Like, let's say it's just like a random thing that like you said that you thought was a little embarrassing and like they don't answer you or see you again because of it, then like, bye. Exactly. That's, you know, who cares? You want to be able to be your whole self. And if someone's not interested in you for all of the parts of you, then you don't want to be with them. And that, to your point, that's about respecting yourself. Like that is a a practice you can do to respect yourself. And I feel like we often attach onto the idea like we've been talking about, or at least attach onto like that emotion and the person just because we want someone there. And so we're not willing to let it go. Like we're not, we just can't let that go because for whatever reason, it's like satisfying something. But like as cliche as this may sound, really like the true freedom and the, and the true, um, like the ultimate like ability to kind of step into your own power, into your own um, confidence is when you're able to detach from those things. There's this Buddhist principle about non-attachment. It's something that we practice in yoga. <laughs> Hence the yoga philosophy has really shaped my my perspective on things. But um, it's it's really this idea that letting go is is the the path forward and and the suffering is self-inflicted and that's when you attach and hold on to things. So for example, like if you said something that you're now self-conscious about in a date and you're like, oh my God, this is the reason this this guy or girl isn't texting me, um so it goes. Like if they're not going to put in that energy to want to continue seeing you or building a relationship, it's not meant for you. And um something that I constantly try to remind myself and I I really think that this is like an an amazing quote is, um, you know, what's for you will not pass you. And I I think that that just perfectly encapsulates like not forcing things to fit. Like if they don't fit, they won't. And that's fine. You don't have to force it. You have to trust that the things that are for you that like will further you in your life, whether it be like romantic or not, 
like it will come to you. It, it will, it'll appear. And I think that's something you can always fall back on if you're feeling kind of like down in the dumps about your dating life. How do you then apply that same principle or maybe another related principle to, you know, I have a lot of friends who were now in our late twenties and they haven't found love yet, maybe with anyone. And, you know, they're seeing everybody else around them getting engaged, getting married, starting to create families. And I know that's been really, really difficult for them. And so yes, it's like, what's yours is yours. And like, what isn't was not and all of that. But how do you, you know, put meaning to like, well, it hasn't happened for me yet, because I know everyone's very quick to jump to like, well, what's wrong with me or everyone else is deserving of love, but I'm not. And I've felt that way more times than I can count. And I, I know how painful it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a hundred percent is, um, that has, it's also a difficult situation because, for example, like I'm in my early 20s. So I'm sure I would probably feel the same way if I was in my late 20s and I saw all my friends getting married and I was single and I was like, well, why not now? Why not me? Why not now? Um, and I think that it's so important to practice like reframing those thoughts because the more you think negatively about yourself, you're actually kind of like bringing that into existence and you're wiring your brain to just keep thinking negative thoughts. So you're going to will that into existence. And you obviously don't want that for yourself. So of course, easier said than done to, to try to make that mindset shift. But it's so crucial because when you start to invite greater self-compassion and kindness and treat yourself the way you would treat your best friend, you you will invite others into your life maybe wouldn't have been able to pass by if you were closed off in that way and not inviting other opportunities, you know, that could have passed by. Um, and also recognizing that, um, and it's so hard to do this because of the world in which we live in that's so dominated by social media and seeing other people's lives and the milestones that they've hit. There's no race to anything in life. And, and truly the path that you are on does not need to be compared to someone else's. And it, of course, it's so hard to do that Like if all your friends are getting married, but recognizing that everyone has their own path. And just because it's not happening right now doesn't mean it's not going to happen tomorrow or in a year. You just don't know that. And the not knowing, for me at least, is very scary. Um, and I would argue for a lot of people it is. But I think instead of focusing on like, well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this not? like you're 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 taking yourself out of the present, frankly. You're focusing on the future that just hasn't happened yet. So you're by nature of that, you're just detracting yourself from that that present moment where opportunities may pass you by. So, you know, I, that was a long winded answer, but I think it's really about like resisting the temptation or the urge to make those comparisons to others because really that's not what it's about. Exactly. And at that point, you're not even focusing on yourself or your own dating life for that matter. You're focusing on everyone else's. And that's when it's so easy to, you know, make these snap judgments about yourself and to go down that rabbit hole of and somehow ending up stalking other people's relationships on Instagram, on TikTok and, you know, thinking, well, I'd be so much happier if I had this or like I want this love and I can't have it. And I don't know why. And like everything sucks. And I, it's just so easy to go down those spirals that I think the more you can, you know, focus on being that person you want to be 
and doing those little daily things to maybe either find that person or improve yourself, that's going to ultimately attract the right type of person. Yeah, exactly. If you continue to work on yourself. Yeah. And like, even for my own personal experience in high school, like I never had a boyfriend. So many of my friends were in relationships or were exclusive or whatever. I never, I didn't have anyone. And then like in college, didn't have a boyfriend, but so many people were in relationships. And of course, like I really wanted one because I, I felt like I was only one of the only one of my friends that was single. And I was like, okay, this is lonely. And is there something wrong with me? Like, why don't I have a boyfriend? And I'm very close to my parents. So I'd always be like, mom, dad, like literally, why don't I have a boyfriend? Like what, what's going on? And, um, I just, I find it funny now because I think it was coming out of like an insecurity that no one like would want to be with me just because it hadn't happened yet. And then of course, like people came in and out of my life and those were definitely relationships, but I wasn't really seriously dating those people. But through those experiences, I started to recognize that um, things happen as they should. And also was really fortunate for those experiences because it helped me to reverse that narrative in my head that was like, no, you're never going to find someone. And when I stopped comparing myself to what my friends were doing or their experiences, I was happier. And I started to realize like, the benefit of being single, of having all this time to do things that you care about, to do things on your own timeline, your own schedule. Like, I don't think I would have had the time to even start my podcast if I had a boyfriend my senior year of college. I, it probably wouldn't have ever crossed my mind. And and that, you know, the podcast, these creative endeavors that I have, like, that's what really makes me happy and excited. And I find fulfillment through that. And I'm sure eventually, you know, like that'll attract someone who we'll find that just as interesting and, and whatever. So, um, you know, I think we tend to like worry a lot about our dating lives, but at the end of the day, no one cares about whether or not you're in a relationship except for you. Like no one is like, oh, she's single. Like no one is thinking about that. So why is that something that, you know, we're so hyper-focused on? Totally. And another thing I'll add to that is I know people as they get older have this fear of like, well, people aren't going to want to date me if I don't have relationship experience, if I've never been into a relation in a real like serious relationship before. Because of course that does come up in maybe like the first five dates, like asking about somebody's dating history and their past relationships. And you want to know like how many people they've been serious with and how serious those things were. I will say like, I'm dating somebody who's never been in a relationship before. And honestly, that A, didn't bother me at all. B, if anything, it made me feel good that there was no ex I had to worry about because we know my anxious ass would be freaking the (laughs) fuck out all the time and like stalking her. But it also, just because you don't have a serious romantic relationship doesn't mean you don't have relationship experience. Every friendship you have, every family member that you connect with, every, you know, coworker, those are all relationships of some form. And you have learned to work through conflict. You've had high highs and low lows with these people. And so, you know, yes, romantic relationships are a little bit different, but it's not like you don't know how to be in one, even if you haven't been in one. You don't need a lesson on how to be a boyfriend, how to be a girlfriend, how to be a partner, you know, like, you just form this relationship with this person and it's your relationship. And so that's another thing I would really hope people can, you know, go easy on themselves for. Like, it doesn't matter if you haven't had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever type of partnership that you're looking for. Like, and if somebody out there is going to judge that, then again, that's not the type of person you want to be with. Totally. And I'm so glad you bring that up because the 
what makes a relationship healthy and successful is like the foundation of that is communication. And like you mentioned, ability to resolve conflict and manage conflict. Um, and, and those are skills that you can find throughout like any type of relationship. So yeah, just because you like haven't had a boyfriend or a girlfriend before doesn't mean that you don't know how to like communicate with someone. And honestly, I don't think that um, being in a relationship is actually like the best um, like sign that a, like a person's a great communicator because we <laughs> more often than not, we see that a lot of people who have been in relationships, like these fail a lot of the time because someone's like, yeah, not a, maybe they yeah, were not a good communicator. Maybe they were in unhealthy relationships. Like you could end up across the table on a first date with somebody who's been in eight serious relationships and that's not a good sign either. Exactly. So, uh, and, and to your point, like everyone's like dating history, romantic relationship history, like that's all unique and personal to them. And I really do think that this like game of comparison is where it gets to be so toxic. And that's where we start to feel bad about ourselves. But if you can block out that noise and really focus on yourself and your path and recognize that there's really no rush, that is really empowering. And I think like a healthy mindset to adopt. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I would love to hear a little bit about what's going on in your dating life, if you don't mind sharing. I know right before we started this, you mentioned that you did go on a date last week. <laughs> yes. So um, hopefully I don't sound like a hypocrite now because <laughs> I will be now sharing my own dating experience. But I did go on a date last week and this was a date from one of the dating apps. So I was like, I'll give it a chance. I've heard a lot of success stories. Granted, those are success stories from Hinge. This was Bumble. Anyways. I match with this kid and he seems like on the profile, like cute, but not really my average type or whatever you would call that. But after listening to your podcast, I've tried to adopt a more open mind. And so I was like, you know what? I will just, I will go on this date with this one person. Like at the end of the day, it's just getting to meet someone new. Like there are no I'm, I'm air clapping <laughs> at you now, but I know it doesn't end well. So, <laughs> well, I <laughs> the the, the advice is great. I think it was just the person, <laughs> um, but still good yeah, experience. I'll take that. So, you know, we go on the state, and all this guy could talk about was how he hated his job at this one bank, and how he's going to move to a job at a different bank, and talked about how he didn't want to mansplain a concept to me, but was going to. That was a red flag. I was like, okay. I like, oh my why God. is this even? <laughs> and then he was very talkative, which maybe I come off that way in dates because I clearly can talk a lot. So I was like, oh God, do I sound like this? But it was just too much. And frankly, I didn't really care about like the crazy bosses he's had. Like his his life was his work. And to me, that just seemed boring and not interesting. And I was like, honestly, time is so valuable. Time is so precious why am I going to waste another minute sitting here when I could do something else? Like at like I could do anything else at night. So I went to the bathroom, I called a friend and I was like, how do I get myself out of this? And I eventually made the the great escape in the most polite way as possible as I could. Um, but you know, long story short, nice guy, not for me. And I think also you can immediately tell if you've chemistry with someone off the bat, no chemistry. So I was like, this is like not going to go anywhere anyways, even if I try to give it more time. So that was my most recent dating experience. But um, I also like went on a, on a hinge date actually like a few months ago. And I like, here's the thing. I thought it went really well. 
I had no expectations, went in, actually like turned out to be great conversation. Um, and then this was right before like the 4th of July. So we were both away and the guy was like, oh, I'll let you know when I'm back in the city. Would love to see you again, blah, blah, blah. Never heard from him. So <laughs> now I take everything with a grain of salt. I will say I've been hearing so much of that lately where there's the follow-up after the date. There's the expressing of like, I'd love to see you again. Like after this thing happens or, you know, like summer's a really hard time. People are gone all the time. And then there's just nothing after that drops off. Even with the follow-up from one person, the other person never answers. Um, I do want to go back to your most recent date though, because a few points I want to make is one, I have definitely been that guy on dates. And I remember this one specific date where I left thinking like, oh my God, it was so great. We hit it off. And then I never heard from him again. And I was so shocked. And it probably took me like a year or so once I was like kind of in a different place to realize, because I really wondered, like there were very few times where I would just like reach out to somebody and after a date and like not hear from them. Like I definitely got ghosted, but it was more of like a fizzle out ghost. There was never like a right after a date, like I texted a follow up and radio silence. And I finally realized after a lot of reflection, like, oh my God, I literally like was just not in a good place. And I talked the entire time about my career struggles and confusion and all of these things. And like, I didn't learn a single fucking thing about him. Like he probably sat there being like, oh my God, can this girl shut up? Can I go home? So, I mean, I didn't say I'm going to mansplain something <laughs> to you, but I've definitely been that, that guy. Well, um, I mean, on there's dates. definitely, there's nothing wrong with talking about your work. Like, obviously this is, you know, what you do during the day. It's your, it's your job. It's takes up a lot of time. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm always interested in hearing like what people do for work and, you know, how they spend their time. But it was just such a dry, it was a dry conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to be able to like learn as like, you want to be able to give and take equally mm -hmm. on a date. Like you want to, of course, share things about you and about your life, but you also want to make sure you're asking questions and learning about mm -hmm. the other person. And I definitely went wrong in that situation. All this to say, in hindsight, I was not in a place to be in anything at that time. Right. And it's, it's easier um, to like reflect on, you know, after the fact. And another thing I, I also noticed in this state in particular, speaking of just picking up information. He had made a comment about how he like really didn't like school, like hated school, like hated doing work, hated learning and just hate, like hated learning. I was like, life is about learning. Like I get some people learning. don't necessarily love being in like the academic environment, but when I was able to like kind of tune in with myself, just seeing how I like reacted to his comment about that, it was clear to me that like a value of mine is education and wanting to learn and actually like caring about school. Like that's just something that I value. So now I can move forward and, and be on the lookout for that in a, in a future date. Like does this person, did they like school? Did they like what they studied? Do they want to go back to school? Um, even if they don't, like, do they just want to keep learning even outside their job? So again, like the date was not great, but I learned something. So it was a good experience at the end of the day. That, and that's why you should always go on the date because look, you never know if it's going to go well or not. And if it goes well and you want another date, that's not what signifies a good date. That's a cherry on top. If you learn something, regardless if it's something you like or don't like or something you want in somebody or don't want, that is what we need to be considering a good date. 
Totally. And that's such a good way to reframe it too, because I think we also like the metric for success with a good date is, am I going to see them again? Is this going to turn into something? And at the end of the day, and, and I think it's, it's in those scenarios where we're putting like weight on experiences and we're tying our emotion to it. Whereas if you can take the yeah. step back and like you said, that's the cherry on top, but really the sign of this was, you know, was this a good date or not is, did I learn from this? Like, can I grow from this? And that is, is like just a healthier mindset to have for sure. Exactly. One of my best friends has kind of been on a series of like pretty bad dates lately and where there's been no connection, there's been no interest at all of like wanting to have a second date. And some of them have been like bad where, you know, they've said things that have made her really uncomfortable and it's just like been negative experiences. And she went on a date last night and I asked her about it after. And she said like, yeah, she wouldn't be like heartbroken if she didn't hear from him again. But they had a really good conversation. Like the time kind of flew by. It was a lot longer than she thought it was going to be. And she like enjoyed herself on it. And I was like, that's a win. And she agreed. And today I was going to text her being like, did you hear from him? And then I was like, you know what? No, that's not the point. The point is that she went on a good date. And she realized that she can have a series of bad dates, but then there will be a good guy that comes along. And I think that's like what we need to focus on in this situation because that's the reminder that she needed. Yeah. And also for myself too, with my date like months ago, but it's funny because one of my friends said to me, like, all you need is one. Like all you need is like yeah. one person to really hit it Just off takes with. One. And that really changed my perspective too, because it's like, well, why do I need all these like amazing dates? Like it's not, I'm going to date 30 people. I, I personally do not want to be in like a polyamorous, like, or polygamous relation. Is that the, I forget what, yeah, 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 yeah. polyamorous. Yeah. Oh. I don't want to be in a polygamous relationship. I'm not, that's not my thing, whatever. But, um, I realized, yeah, like it really just takes one. So who cares if you had a bad date or it wasn't like exciting conversation. So what you met someone and you learned something. And I can go on a different date. Yeah. You're, you know, you're opening yourself up to future opportunities um, rather than like closing yourself off. Absolutely. And and look, there's nobody out there who has not been on a bad date before. Yeah. And and most of the time you can, can laugh about it later. I do want to know how you ended up removing yourself from that date situation. Because I do get a lot of questions like, if the date's not going well, how can I respectfully leave yeah. and cut it off? Yeah. So, um. I needed to use the bathroom. So I was truthful in that. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to head to the bathroom. Um, and as he, as I got up to go, he was like, Oh, I, I'll, let me just see, you know, I'll order another round of drinks. And I was like, Oh my God, like I can't, I can't stay here. So I get to the bathroom and I'm like, how do I devise an escape plan? And I called a friend. Um, and she was like, yeah, I don't know. Just tell him like you have to go. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know if that's going to fly, but let me just, I'll get back to the, the bar and, and figure this out. So I got back and Luckily at this point, the he had mentioned that like to order another round of drinks, we needed to go up to the bar. And so I was like, okay, you know, like really? it is like, um, like I am kind of tired. Um, I, I also, I also, I said this, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I don't think I'm going to have another drink, but you're welcome to have another one. Usually people don't want to drink alone. <laughs> so it's like, you're welcome to have another one. But I personally, like, I don't really want another drink. I try to limit my alcohol consumption, but, um, you know, and he was like, Oh, well, I don't really want to drink alone. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's fine. And then I think he just kind of got the hint and I was like, Oh, should we like, 
do we also have to go to the bar to, to pay our, for the tab? And he was like, yeah. And then I think he got it and he went. And then he was like, oh, I'll walk you home. And I was like, okay, thank you. You know, that's, that's so nice. And that was the end of it. Um, But that was how I tried to escape the situation. <laughs> it's so hard. I, I've been in situations where I think there was one date similar, like, he mentioned like getting another round and we were in the, the corner of this restaurant. And, oh my God. It was somebody, my, my best friend's mom had set me up with like her friend's son. And so we had high hopes for this date. Like she knew him through temple. Like, and we were sitting seated in like the back corner of this restaurant and the wait staff just like kind of kept forgetting about us. So at one point, like I got up to go to the bathroom on purpose to go find somebody to say like, Hey, can you, you know, bring the check over, like ready to close out. Um, and somebody came back to our table when I was ready to go and they asked if we wanted anything else. And I said, no. And he ordered another drink. Oh my God. So in that situation, you're kind of stuck. And, and Stella, we had nothing in common. We had nothing to talk to each other about. Like I was trying to, you know, connect over like music even, and we did not listen to any of the same music. Like there was nothing. I talked about high school sports, like anything I could possibly think of siblings, like nothing. And that was a situation where like, I, you know, I really didn't know what to do. And we were, it was like a six minute walk to my apartment. So he like wanted to walk me back. And I like had him, I like started to like say kind of like a goodbye hug thing, like on the corner. And then he, you know, he brought up like, I'd love to see you again. Like this was great. And I was like, yeah, like sounds good. Cause I didn't know what to say in the moment. And it's such a hard thing. And I ended up texting him the next day being like, thank you so much for drinks. Like, I don't feel that connection that I'm looking for. Good luck out there at anti-ghosting text. But it's such a tough thing in terms of rejecting somebody. And I'm curious what you would prefer after a date. If somebody felt like they knew, like they weren't enjoying the date, they don't want to see you again. And you're saying at the end of that date, like that hug, goodbye, are you going for the kiss, whatever? Like, would you rather them just go along with it and be like, yeah, like we'll talk or like, oh yeah, like we'll definitely do something again. And then tell you the next day that they're not interested. Or would you rather them in the moment tell you, the honest truth. I think I would rather them just tell me honestly, like instead of just letting it fizzle out because, you know, I've, I've talked about this actually with some of my friends and one of my friends would be like, well, you know, if you don't hear from them, then that's a clear sign and like, don't pursue this, you know, actions speak louder of words type of thing, which I get, but my personality, just the way I work is like, I like to know, like I want to hear it from that person and then I can like have my peace and and feel like rest assured, like I know what they're thinking. Um, because what drives me insane is when like I can't seem to decipher someone. Like that is what gets me going. I get stressed by that. Um, and so in that situation, like if I went on a date with someone and I thought it was going well, but they were just pretty like neutral about it, I would just hope, you know. I don't care if they tell me in person or not, like the next day, whatever, over text, but at least like after the date, not too long after being explicit and saying like, it was nice to meet you. I had a a nice time getting drinks or coffee or whatever. Um, You know, I, I don't really, however, you know, they want to phrase it, but just being explicit, like, I don't see this going anywhere, you know, like it was great to meet you, but like, I think, you know, we would do better as friends or just 
whatever, something like that. I just rather know, I think. I agree, but I don't think my ego would do well being told right then and there in person. I feel like that hasn't happened to me. Like, I feel like I've never been rejected like that, except for in the case of a breakup from a more serious thing. But that being said, I would want to know the next morning and like no later than 1 p.m. Like, <laughs> like cut, cut it, it off. off tell me, like, please, please, dear God, tell me before 1 p.m. Because at that point, that's when I will start, you know, kind of freaking out and getting in my head and, and overthinking it and questioning what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Like, I'd rather know, just not, I think not in person. But that's that. And I was thinking about this earlier today where I feel like in a heterosexual, like straight hetero situation with a guy and a girl on a first date in a place like New York City, for the most part, the guy will pay. And I was actually thinking about this on a walk today. It just feels wrong to let the guy pay. And then they walk you home and then you say, thanks. I don't want to see you again after you just let them pay. Hmm. Yeah. It is, it's a difficult, it's a difficult like situation to navigate, I think. Um, and I think in those situations, like there, if you offer to pay, like if you offer to try to split the bill or whatever, yeah. I, you know, I think that's like a, a good thing to do. And, you know, m- more often than not, the guy will probably be like, no, no, it's fine. You know, I'll, I'll pay for it. Um, but you know, I don't think the payment necessarily means that you owe them anything. Like, it's not like you're indebted to them that now you have to go on the second date because they paid for your drink or whatever. Um, you know, that was nice that they did that and it was really kind and like respectful and like, you know, like green check mark in my book. But if that person like is not compatible with me or, um, you know, I just don't see it going anywhere. I'm saving them money, frankly, by not taking me out on another day. That's you know, true. Like, it's That's it's better to, to just it. say it earlier rather than maybe like let leave that person on. I think, but I do get like yeah. the thought you had earlier because it is something that's difficult. I think, especially as women in those situations, it's it's hard to navigate. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if anybody has done it successfully, like please let us know and let us know how it went, what you said. Um, but until then, I think. I'm team like text the next day before 1 p.m. and let the person know. Yeah, that's like the cutoff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Stella, before I let you go, I have one final question for you. And that is, what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever received? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, I think, honestly... It's something I said earlier, and it's not necessarily – it doesn't have to just apply to dating, which is also what I like about it, but I think it's, like, so, so relevant to dating. And it, it really is, like, what is for you won't miss you. So trusting that, um, you know, what is right for you will come your way and not necessarily, like, thinking, like, oh, my God, like, this date has to be, like, my boyfriend. Like, this has to be the end goal. Like, really just – going into things with an open mind and recognizing that, um, you know, if something's right, it will work itself out. Like things, I believe things like happen as they're meant to. And if you can hold on to that trust, I think that's a really comforting, um, thing to, thing to do. 
Yeah. I love that piece of advice. And I do agree. I think sometimes in the moment it's hard to understand why, but I think in hindsight, we always realize like that this was my path and this all did happen for a reason. Yeah. And, and not to like end on like that, it, it can feel really cliche. Um, but also recognizing like every single dating experience you have is just experience that you're accumulating and it will bring you to the next thing. Like people or certain people I'd seen in the past that like I was so devastated at like things didn't really go anywhere with that. Give it some time and then someone else pops up and you're like, oh my God, like I, wow, like this is a really interesting experience for me. Like I'm so happy I met this person. Like people come into your life in different ways and different phases and ways you could never even imagine. So remembering that when something ends and you're so upset by it, I think helps you move forward to invite someone else in. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Stella, thank you so, so much for being here. Where can everybody find you and Everyday Endorphins? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure um, to be here. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on my Instagram, which is just Stella Stephanopoulos. Uh, And I also have my podcast Instagram, which is Everyday underscore Endorphins. And then the show is available on all listening platforms, but a lot of people use Spotify or Apple, so you can find Everyday Endorphins there. And if you also like to teach or if you like to practice yoga, I teach it uh, in New York City at Core Power. And uh, my schedule, I think, is posted online, but I teach Sunday afternoons and Wednesday nights. So would love to see you in my classes. Amazing. Thank you again so, so much. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you for listening. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend or to your whole group chat. I know there's something in here that everybody in your group chat can take away from this episode and feel really good about hearing. And if you loved it extra, especially post it on your Instagram story, tag seeing other people, tag everyday underscore endorphins. Don't forget to rate and review if you have not yet. And we will see you next time.